Ben Jawalski. What's going on? Just got back from the gym. I'm going to have some pretty gnarly bruising on my upper quads. Can you guess what the movement was? <laughs> well, it could be anything, but it's probably, I, I don't know, dude. Hang cleans, hang yep. snatches. Bingo. Oh, you got it. I knew go. you could do it. First you got class. it. Um, it was a 4 p.m. class at CrossFit Cuspis. It's a gym really close to my house that I've kind of been training at for a um, different flavor and different coaching and just, you know, just trying something even closer to the house so I have less excuses not to go. So it's been good. There you go. Are you you just doing a drop in there? Or are you actually a paying affiliate member? Um, I have a he was able to negotiate a punch card for me. Nice. Um, because hunting season starts in basically like a month. And I didn't know how many classes I'd be able to get in uh, with all the travel. So I was like, hey, can I just do a punch card? And if I get through it, I'll probably do a couple more drop ins. And then basically I'll be gone all of September and October, probably. So did you, uh, did you tell him you don't work out more than twice a week and not to nag you. <laughs> I'm hoping that that's not the case. I'm planning mm-hmm. to plan to go tomorrow morning as well. And maybe two or three other times this week. So I, I got to get in shape for elk hunting season. It, it's it's coming, coming soon. And I, I really need to, now I have something to train for. I have a mission. How, do you do special workouts for that? Or you just, just do your normal CrossFit thing? So that's, what's so interesting is a lot of people will do like rucking, you know, they'll, pr- they'll yeah. practice kind of what would happen in the woods, which would yeah, be like sled poles. <laughs> yeah. Cli- yeah. Like climbing a mountain with a heavy backpack. Right. A lot of people yeah. practice that. But myself and then Dan Staten, who runs a, a, a company called Elk Shape, which is basically it's elk hunting workouts. He basically just preaches doing CrossFit. He's like, if you do CrossFit and you do it with high intensity, you're going to be prepared for anything the mountain throws at you. And last season, I would say that was the case. So hopefully this season I can be in the same, if not better shape and, uh, and hit the mountain hard. You got something from tree stands or from the ground? Uh, ground ground it's it's hiking we'll, we'll do anywhere from 10 to 15 miles a day yikes i've never and had then you, and then I, if I you're know. actually successful you have to carry it out that's a yeah, whole other well, can of worms yeah i don't know anything about elk hunting other than they're really big and they're hard to hard to get that's all i know yes it's going to be tough but uh yeah it, it's cool to have something to train for that's good man yeah i uh i have nothing to train for other than age at this point just trying to not get old. It's hard. And my coaches are killing me, bro. It's like every day is toes to bar. It's like toes to bar Monday, toes to bar Tuesday. I'm getting really good at toes to bar. That's good. Uh, well, I, my hands don't think it's good. They are beat up. Got to use, you use grips at all? No, grips are for little kids. <laughs> no, <laughs> I never have. I don't like grips. I don't, I don't like to have something between my hands and the, and the pull-up bar. Hmm. Um, but I do look for kind of the non-powder coat like i want the bar to be a little grippy as well so that also doesn't help my hands i've been uh filing them down you know i have like one of those i forget what it's called but it's basically just a tube and it's surrounded in sandpaper and sandbar yeah something like that and um and so i've been using that to file them down and that helps some but tonight was like particularly tough on my hands it was uh, it was a fun one though we did uh, the strength workout was five sets of um, hang power snatch above the knee, hang below the knee, one from the floor. 
without letting go. Yeah. Increasing weight. So we did that, you know, so it's, you know, a decent amount of barbell work. And then the workout was two six minute AMRAPs with no break in between. So you just go from one to the other. The first one, and they're both couplets. The first one was um, three, six, nine, 12, 15, and so on, however far you could get of toes to bar and calories on the echo bike. And then the second couplet was uh, same rep scheme, power snatches and uh, burpees over the bar bar facing burpees. And so it was a, you know, it was real, you know, it's all about good pacing, you know, like I do toes to bar pretty well. So I was just knocking those out in big sets and then not killing myself on the bike to keep my heart rate as low as I could, but you still kind of have to move, you know, you can't lolly egg too much. And then the, uh, the snatch burpees one didn't quite get the score I wanted. I mean, I wasn't embarrassed with my score, but it was just a little bit less than I wanted. And in hindsight, I probably should have gone harder on the barbell because I don't think I could have made my burpees any faster, regardless of what I was doing with that barbell. Like they were at maximum speed, which is very slow, you know, because at that point you're, you know, you're starting, you know, six minutes in your heart rates up and I was already tired, but it was good. You know, just my hands are beat up. So I'm, I used to be like you, John, I used to have, I would go bare hand. And I did that for probably a good seven, eight years, maybe more of even through competitive CrossFit. I wouldn't wear grips. But recently I have discovered the uh, the benefit of actually basically wrapping the grip around the bar, kind of throwing over. Yep. I have a video. I literally just posted a video about it. I this saw video. your video. I actually watched it. Can you believe yeah. that shit? I you watched it? That's wild, I watched man. it. I know. That's crazy. Um, so that has actually transformed my hand care. Anytime I have a bar movement, like pull up bar movement, especially toes to bar where you don't even have to go like around it at all. It's not like you're going bar muscle ups where you have to go up and down. Um, but anything pull up wise or toes to bar. Oh my gosh. Just using grips where you can kind of throw it over with a long grip. And then, you know, you're not wrapping fully, but basically it folds over top of it. It's, it takes so much pressure off your hands. So if you, if you are willing, I mean, it's almost like cheating, right? It's so much easier, but it is legal technically. Uh, and, you know, all the CrossFit Games athletes do it for a reason. I j- I've just realized that, wow, it does save your hands a lot. So if you are getting banged up a lot, I know it, it's lame to wear grips, but uh, it when you use them properly, it really, really does make it easier to stay on the bar. Yeah, I have a pair. I, had, I had, uh, saw that on someone else's page. That, you know, if you wear mediums, you should buy a large because you can mm-hmm. flip them over and don't put your fingers through the holes. But I just, I don't know, just something about it. Like I've tried it. I just, I just don't love the way it feels. Not to mention yeah. like it bugs me on the other movements. Like I can deal with it on the actual toes bar when I'm using it. But then when I have to go do something else that does not require them, but you can't take them off or move them. Like you got to get to work. Yeah. drives me crazy. If I got to go do burpees with these things on my hands, I hate I it. I like I flip them around to the backside, but I know what you mean. Like they're flappy and annoying at that point. Oh, I, yeah, I absolutely cannot do it, dude. Cannot, mm-hmm. cannot do it in any stretch of the imagination, but hey, to each his own, but definitely for anyone listening, if you haven't tried grips before, just check out my latest video on YouTube. I have a longer one where I explain the whole thing. Uh, and it's really transformed the way that I grip the bar because you can get so much more, basically wrapping that grip around the bar and then having the wrist wrap around your wrist um, of the grip. It like puts all of the pressure on your wrist rather than your hands and it saves tearing it. It's great. 
I'm I'm struggling right now um, with the volume of being back in an affiliate. I'm taking two full rest days a week, two full rest days, and I'm only doing their programming. I'm not doing anything outside of it. Mm-hmm. Man, it's kicking my ass. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're you know I, don't, I mean we just had Marty on. I don't think the programming's exceptionally more difficult than what I was doing before. I think it's, it's in my mind, it's gotta be the intensity level difference yeah. of like being in there every day and like kind of actually competing and yep. pushing closer to that red line. Hundred so I've, I've really been struggling to figure out how to recover quicker. Yeah. I mean, that was going to be my, obviously immediately drawn to the idea of asking you, Hey, what do you think your intensity is like compared to what it was when you're working out alone? You might think it's the same, but because people are around you, I mean, you and I both, right. But we, we got to compete right. with people. Um, honestly, I mean, I would challenge, there'd be a couple different things that you could do in that instance. Obviously this is a scale and build podcast. So scaling down some, some workouts, um, specifically scaling down workouts right in front of that rest day could be beneficial. So like, yeah. Which days do you rest normally? Uh, Thursday and Sunday. Okay. So you're OG CrossFit. Um, so in theory on that Wednesday, you could kind of bite the bullet and and scale down a little bit more than you want to. Um, kind of like Coach CJ does with our Wad Prep Masters programming um, is, and even our elite level programming is we taper from Monday to Wednesday. So basically Wednesday is significantly easier than Monday. And then, you know, when you come back on Friday, you can hit it hard. Saturday's kind of hard. And then Sunday's a full rest day. But that Wednesday, I think, is where a lot of people kind of kick their own asses and right. they, they maybe stay a little bit more beat up. So you could perhaps try that. Try tapering down one of your days and making it a not a rest day, but but a scaled day. Yeah, I kind of for the least last couple of weeks, I've kind of been trying to do that on Saturdays, but my problem is it's always, it's partner wide. And the last two Saturdays, um, I've partnered with this girl, Megan, who's a member there. And, uh, the problem with partnering with a female who's pretty fit is that you might as well be with an RX athlete because they're doing fewer calories, fewer, you know, like usually the rep scheme is like last week it was, um, rowing and burpees and men had to do 10 calories in the row. Women had to do eight, you know? And so you don't get as much of a break. You know, like she can row eight in the same amount of time I can row 10. And so I wasn't, wasn't getting the break I wanted to get. So what I, you know, I've originally gone in thinking, all right, well, these are body weight movements. I won't have to work as hard. I end up working harder than I wanted to, like quite a bit harder. Um, so the Wednesday thing's probably going to, you know, because those are always solo workouts, probably be a much better strategy for me to, to rein it in a little. Um, we're doing Holly Man tomorrow and I'm scaling that. What's that workout? Oh, it's terrible. It's so bad. Hold on, I'm gonna tell you. It's 30 rounds. That should tell you. That's everything you need to know right there. 30 rounds. There's 30, no way I can count that high. Yeah, well, you can because it's it's 30 rounds for time, five wall ball shots, three handstand push-ups, one power clean. Power clean is 225 or 155. So it's like it doesn't sound like you're like, oh, five, three, one, no big deal. Until you're like, yeah, that's 90 handstand push-ups. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot. You know, and, yeah. and, you know, it's 150 wall balls and, and 30 heavy power cleans, which I won't consider that 225 as a power clean. I'll do one, I'll do the women's RX probably 155 yeah, to make it manageable and just deal with the volume of handstand pushups. It's just so much, just, you yeah. know, it's almost a 30, you know, if you're, if you did it every minute on the minute, which you can, it's a 30 minute workout. Yeah. 
You and know? another thing I, I see there is a very, very high propensity to rest, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like all those transitions, just naturally you're going to draw out that workout and make it pretty long. Yeah, that's one, like when I, I've done it before, I've done it a couple of times and my strategy is usually you do the five wall balls through handstand pushups. You go through those as quick as you can. Don't take a break. You just have to get on the wall and go. And then if you're going to break, you do it at the barbell. That's the one, like, you, you know, put your belt on. It's a heavy power clean, like take a couple of seconds, make your lift and then go do your five, three again, real quick. You know, like, cause to your point, there's, you know, with three transition movements, you can spend a lot of time in transition that you don't want to spend. Mm-hmm. It's just not fun. Yeah. Kick my ass, Ben. I'm too old. Too <laughs> old. Well, tomorrow's Tuesday, so I guess you can't scale that day. But Wednesday, I would scale it down. Uh, I will even more. I will. I'll scale it down, and we'll see if that we'll see if that helps. I don't know. I'm probably just obsessing. Like, you know, the problem with working out at home, you know, the kind of the intensity thing is like I knew the intensity would be more. It was the entire reason of going back to an affiliate because we work out at least when I work out at home, it's like, you know, nice leisurely warm up. Maybe mm-hmm. turn the TV on, bike for a little bit. You know do your little workout and you're not because you're not chasing anybody. You don't even know if it's, you know, if you're working at the intensity you want to work, you know? Oh, amen. Today, after the, after the warm up, I was like the pace that this affiliate that I go to moves at. I love it because, um, you know, in the past couple of gyms I've trained at, they just, you know, it takes 40 minutes to do a warm up, and then you have eight minutes to do the strength and two and a half minutes to do the Metcon. And that got a little frustrating um, because there was, we just, let's just say today's snatches, we would have spent about 25 minutes just prepping the snatch, which is at, at my level, that's, that's too much. And I'm not saying that it's, it's bad for other gyms, but like for me and my goals, it's, it's a little bit too much, but this gym, they teach it. But at the same time, it's like, you start the warm up, and oh my God, by the time I got to like the, the actual lifting part, which was um, every two minutes, on the two minutes for six rounds, it was five unbroken power snatches, you know, build to heavy yeah. with some, with V ups in between each round and then straight in, you know, basically straight in to, um, after that we did a 12 minute AMRAP of one hang power clean at 135, and then one burpee box jump and then two, two, three, three, four, four, five, five. But the transitions between stations, oh my God, when I was done the snatches, like I went pretty heavy on the snatches. Like I was moving some pretty good weight and I was pretty proud of myself. But like after that last set, I'm absolutely freaking annihilated. <laughs> like I am toast. I just did 30 really freaking heavy snatches over the course of those six rounds with some V ups in between. And then the coach is like, all right, in two minutes, we're starting the Metcon. And I was like, oh, my god <laughs> but it was good I, like i love that like it's the right level of intensity for me i'm not dilly dallying if i did that um if i did that weightlifting plus metcon here at watt prep headquarters on my own guess what that would have been probably right. an hour and a half minimum yeah. but we got it done in exactly one hour and i really like that intensity yeah so that's also my problem i'll do a lift you know lifting at home and then I'll get an idea for something and I'm making memes in between lifts. And all of a sudden, instead of doing a lift every two minutes, I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing a lift every six minutes, you know, and what should take me 20 minutes now takes me 40, you know, and then I've 
and with no intensity. So you're not even breaking a sweat, you know, mm. it's, just, it's just not the same. So I, I like being bossed around at the gym makes yeah. it uh, easy for someone with ADD like me to actually like stay on track and do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I'm just exhausted all the time. Love it. Hey, here's a good question. Let's take some questions. Here's one uh, coming in. Rothhawk 45. Did uh, you have any point in your CrossFit career where you wanted to quit the sport? And what did you do to push through, keep engaged? Been watching some members leave the sport altogether. What about it, Ben? Do you ever want to just throw your hands up and leave? I have. I've been there, done that, man. Um, when when I hear the word sport and Roth Hawk forty five, I don't know if this is what you refer to, but for me, when I see the sport of CrossFit, that means I'm trying to be competitive and I'm seeking to, you know, maximize my score in the open, which for me would mean, you know, making it through the open, no problem, making it to the next round and trying to qualify eventually for the games in some respect, probably for a team. Like if I was truly in it for the sport and the thing about the sport of CrossFit is that it can be pretty consuming, especially if you're trying to be competitive, really at any level, whether you're a master's athlete all the way down to a young gun trying to make it to the games. Uh, it's pretty, pretty consuming. So if you're truly trying to make a sport of it, then you have to be willing to do what it takes to be competitive or, 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 you know, it could be your hobby. It could be your sport as in like a recreational sport, but still when you're, when you have that pressure on yourself to compete and win and improve and hustle, I understand that after years and years that can get pretty, it can be pretty burdensome. So for myself, what's kept me in CrossFit, but not necessarily in the sport at all, is I've now shifted my reasons for being at the gym. And we kind of alluded to this earlier. I'm not doing CrossFit to get better at CrossFit anymore. Like, that's not my goal. I'm not going in there to try to be the best CrossFitter. And I don't lose any sleep at night if I'm not the best CrossFitter. Um, but what I'm doing CrossFit for is to prepare me for anything outside of the gym and also prepare me for other sports and hobbies that I'm trying to excel in like pickleball. I actually have two pickleball tournaments this weekend. Like I'm starting to really get into it. I can tell you right now, the reason I'm able to get to some balls that people don't understand how I got there, basically very agile is because I'm still training in CrossFit. You know, I'm playing with a lot of other 30 somethings and they're slow. Like they're, right. They've lost a step since college and I haven't. And that's because of CrossFit. Uh, same thing with elk hunting, um, climbing the mountain and, and doing 10 plus miles a day and rucking with a heavy backpack. Like, there's no way I would have the mental and physical fortitude to do those things to the degree that I do them if it weren't for CrossFit. So long story short, what I would say is if once people lose that, that lust, that excitement for the actual competing in the sport of CrossFit, now CrossFit can become a tool to prepare you for things that you're doing outside of the gym. And that's why I always preach pretty heavily to my email list and to followers. If anybody follows me on social media, like I'm always talking about like, what are you doing outside of the gym? Because I think that's what's going to keep you in the gym. If you only go to the gym for the gym's sake, I know for myself, it's easy to lose motivation. So that's, that's my thought. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all of that. I, um, I did take a break a little bit, like kind of right in the middle of, um, my quote unquote CrossFit career. Not that I've ever had a career at it. Um, 
there was a moment where it wasn't fun. And so I decided to just go find, set some goals that I have always wanted to do and like run a marathon, run a half marathon, did a couple of those. I did some long trail races, did a tough mutter, um, you know, some, you know, physical challenges. Cause I mostly, I wanted to continue to test myself and like set some benchmarks. I didn't want to quit CrossFit, but CrossFit had quit being fun. So I went and found something I thought would be equally fun. At some point I got past this mindset though, that every day has to be about improvement. And I think that's where a lot of people really get frustrated with CrossFit is that, you know, we constantly hear from our coaches and rightfully so that we got to get better at X, whatever X may be, you know, got to get better. And we lose sight of the fact that, you know, most of, most of us, just the average people don't do this to become the world's best at snatching or, you know, kettlebell swings or whatever. We just want to be fit and healthy and have a good time and feel like we're getting value for the dollars we're spending. And so I, you know, I would encourage you to think about what's fun. Don't go on the days where it's not fun. You know, don't cherry pick every workout. Like, you know, you need some variation in your life and you should challenge yourself to, to, you know, learn new things, but, you know, also don't feel bad when you're like, you know what, I just hate rope climbs. I'm going to do something different today. I'm going to, to your point, Ben, you know, I'm going to go do a trail run or I'm going to go play pickleball or I'm going to go try something new, you know, whatever. Um, I just think we have to get off this hamster wheel that, you know, every day I go in, I have to be 1% better. <laughs> You know, like yeah. I, I appreciate the the mindset behind, you know, when everyone goes, okay, you just get 1% better every day. Imagine how great you'll be at the end of the year. And, you know, the math of that works, but yeah, you know, every yeah. day, every day doesn't have to be a competition. And I think, I think you're hitting on a really good point there. Some of the reasons people leave the sport and they leave CrossFit altogether is because of this pressure that they put on themselves to always excel and always get better. And if they start realizing that they're not going to continue to get better or they've, you know, they've reached their competitive limit, then they're like, Oh no. All right. I'm just going to leave rather than face right. the idea of going to the gym for the sake of just going to the gym and have fun or going to the gym for some other venture, whether that's staying fit in old age or whether that's, you know, preparing for a sport or preparing for anything outside of the gym. Um, but I definitely want to circle back around and highlight, John, absolutely do things that are fun. And if for people listening, and I know this is going to be crazy. If you hate, like, if you don't like CrossFit, you actually like reflect and you're like, man, I hate it. It gives me anxiety. I'm always sore. I, I you know, like I don't ever want to go, but I just feel obligated because I am a CrossFitter and that's you, like your identity. Why you got to call me out like this? Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, yeah. I would just suggest like taking some time off, explore other avenues, explore other kinds of fitness, find some kind of fitness that you absolutely love. And then kind of what's happened to me and what seemed to happen to John was like CrossFit pulled us back. You know, there was a little gap there where, yeah, I wasn't working out hardly at all because I couldn't stand the fact that I wasn't super competitive anymore. Um, but once I got over that and once I realized that like, yeah, I can go and have fun. Like today was a classic example. Yeah. You bet your ass. I was trying to beat every last one of those guys in the snatching. Uh, and it felt really good to like be competitive in that. Um, and then when it came time to the Metcon, I was so much in my own zone that I didn't even realize that like, I thought I was flying. Like I thought I was doing great. 
and like three guys around me beat me and they were like man good push dude and i was like huh <laughs> like i was just like did not pay attention to them and they beat me because they were like trying to beat me in this workout and i just thought that was cool you know that hasn't happened in a really long time where i can just go in there and i'm doing it for me i'm not doing it for anyone else Here's a, a comment that came in. It wasn't really a question, but I want to I want to expound on it or just get your opinion. So it says dropping the competitive attitude is definitely hard. This came from Pete Noy, uh, who's on the looks like he's on the Facebook stream. Um, I'll tell you what I've been struggling with, and maybe you can give me your opinion on it. Is um, it's, it's circles back to this competitive attitude, but it's actually for me, it's more about the comparison. You know, it's going to come as no great shock. I follow a lot of people on Instagram and I follow a lot of normal people, not just elite athletes, but there's so many fit people within CrossFit. I find myself at times, like, I feel like I'm moderately fit and, you know, I'm I'm okay. But I'll have times where I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, you're a fat piece of shit. You know, (laughs) that self, like negative self-talk because you see somebody else who has your ideal body or you see somebody else that does a lift that you think you should be able to do, but you can't get there yet. You know, how do you deal with that? um, You know, kind of that comparison that, you know, that we see all the time or at least that I feel like I'm seeing all the time and eliminating that negative self-talk that comes from it. Mm. So the first thing I will say is there's, you know, the quintessential quote of comparison is the thief of joy. And I mean, I'm speaking to the choir here or I'm, you know, or I'm just as guilty as everyone else. I'm not saying that I don't do this, but I have been able to find myself recently over the last couple of years where I've started to tune out. Like when I, when I realize when I'm looking at someone and I'm, I start to feel like a twinge of jealousy or scarcity mindset or, or like, I just, for whatever reason, what they are doing makes me feel bad. How ridiculous is that? You're giving someone else that you can't control control over your emotions, which is just silly. If you actually like think about it and, and kind of sit with it for a little while. So I've tried to really internalize the fact that like, I'm, I can use maybe someone else to motivate me to try to be better. But if at any point it makes me feel bad about myself, then I've crossed the line and I need to just turn, turn inward and start focusing more on myself and just how can I get better? Or what can I celebrate about myself today? Not how much, how, where's the gap between me and this other person? I always like to bring it back to one of my favorite books, like the gap in the game. I'm trying to, trying to circle back around and say like, Hey, what, how far have I come? Like, what can I celebrate? What's a win that I had today rather than like, Man, yeah. I mean, I know people who PR, but they're like, we have PR'd, but did you see what they did? And it's just right. like, oh my gosh, that's it's a it's a bad loop to be in. Um, but it's it's hard. I mean, it is so freaking difficult, and there's a lot of ego work involved, and I think a lot of a lot of intention work. Like you have to really understand why are you at the gym. And that's like conveniently enough this week. Um, and you know, it's my podcast along with John. So I got to give myself a plug. Um, <laughs> we wad prep partnered with uh, Don Fletcher of driven mind training who we've yeah. had on here before. She's great. She's amazing. Don and I are launching our course this week called strong mind and strong mind is all about basically strengthening your mental toughness Um inside the gym and outside the gym. And a lot of this ego comparison stuff is inside the course. And she walks me and the audience through how to deal with it. And it's really, really powerful, but it, 
it really starts with that why, understanding why you're there. And when you can truly connect with that, all of a sudden you realize you're not there to beat other people. You're there for other reasons. And if you are there to beat other people, then yeah, you need to find some sort of high level performance coach and you got to deal with that. Like, I mean, that's like the mind of Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, right? I mean, they were miserable a lot of times because if they (laughs) lost, they hated everyone, including themselves. And then they worked their ass off to get better, but not everyone is prepared to like, I wouldn't necessarily suggest that mindset on everyone. I've been able to get past that piece. I, you know, I don't find myself miserable or depressed when I don't, you know, want to work out or, you know, don't perform the way I want to. I do compete even though no one else may know it in almost every workout. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they don't know you're competing against them, but you're competing against them. Like Mm -hmm. that happens to me quite often. Um, I tell you what I've been doing recently that's helped, you know, just kind of my weird way of internalizing things is uh, when I watch a TV show and I see an actor that I, that is playing someone my age, I look up, see how old they actually are. (laughs) And then I always feel better because they're always so much older. You know, Mm. that was why I recently rewatched the West wing, which I love that show. Like I love political dramas. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I watched this thing end to end and the guy that plays the chief of staff, uh, he died young, like at 59. But in the show, I, you know, when the show started, he would have been right about my age because it ran seven seasons. So he'd have been around 51, 52. And dude looked like he was in his mid 60s, you know, yeah. and, and kind of walked a little hunched over and, and a terrific actor, by the way. But, you know, clearly wasn't into fitness. And so I like when I see stuff like that, I often try to give myself more positive, you know, self talk of, Hey, I may not be as fit as all these Instagram, you know, fitness people, but fitter than most of the world. Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, and that does help, you know, when you start thinking about like where you could be and where you want to be, like, you know, I'm, I'm fighting for longevity over here. Not, uh, you know, not some beach body that. Yeah. And that's like that gain mindset versus gap mindset. Like the gain thinking would be, you know, how do you compare to the rest of the world, not in any sort of like, I'm better than everyone thing. But like, if you really look at your fitness, you're like, wow, man, how awesome is this? Like I can, I can do a lot of stuff that there's, there's the majority of the population, my age would be out of breath or they'd be risking a heart attack or, you know, it's, and that's terrible, but you at least can have confidence and like appreciation for the fact that you don't, you don't worry about that. And instead you're worrying about your freaking Murph score when, 98% 98% of the world wouldn't even come close to finishing a half Murph. So it's like, you know, focusing on the gain rather than, oh, these three people that I follow on Instagram that exercise for a living are so much fitter than me. It's like, come on. <laughs> so, Well, I tell you what else I like to do this fun is because uh, I work in an office, you know, most days is that when we're having group meal, you know, lunch or whatever, inevitably when people know you're into fitness, they're like, oh, you must eat nothing but you know, carrots and chicken and rice. And which by the way, is a pretty significant part of my diet, but I don't let them know that instead. No, go for the donut and just look them straight in the eye. Like, no, no smirk at all. and go, this is, this is what I normally eat all the time. <laughs> Donuts, pizza, hamburgers. Just give me all the junk food, you know, just make them think they have no idea what you really do. That's called taking souls. They're just looking at you and they're like, I hate you so much. How can you eat that? <laughs> My favorite though is getting lectured. I, this happened has happened to me so many times. As a matter of fact, I remember once I was at one of my offices. I worked for a different company at the time, but I was in banking, 
and uh, I was drinking a sugar-free Red Bull. Now I'm going to preface this by saying in those days, they didn't have fit aids in grocery stores, you know, or O2 or whatever I would normally drink now. So this was like kind of the healthiest thing I could get with some caffeine in it. And I'm going to put healthy in air quotes, but I wanted some caffeine. So I had a sugar free Red Bull and this woman who worked for me came over and she was really, really nice woman is a really nice woman. Um, but she, um, was significantly out of shape and overweight and quite literally sitting there eating a pop tart and looks at my drink and goes, you know, that's so unhealthy for you. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, because, you know, I was the boss. Like, I didn't know what I couldn't say anything. I just had to sit there and bite my lip. I'm like, yes, I know. It's so unhealthy. It drives me crazy though. Yeah. And it, that's so, that's what I love about, uh, you know, my buddy, James Smith, he does a lot of debunking things and like, it's so freaking funny the demonization of like sugar-free drinks right. and the demonization of even sugar, right? Like, like sugar makes you fat or diet Coke worst thing ever for you. And it's like, no, the, the actual scientific research that's been done in a ridiculous amount of studies are like, no, it's a way better alternative. Like diet soda is a way better alternative than normal soda if you're going to drink soda and you don't want to gain weight, right? Like, right. like you wouldn't necessarily claim that it's healthy, but this whole idea of like, of saying something's healthy and something's not healthy is kind of ridiculous. It's all on the spectrum. It's like, if you want a fizzy sweet drink, it's probably better if it's not loaded with a bunch of calories. And even if some of those sweeteners are artificial, uh, the evidence overwhelmingly shows that it's not going to hurt you. Um, and the, the evidence that does say, oh, it might hurt you is like, yeah, if you have 282 Diet Cokes every single day, then perhaps you're consuming too much aspartame. You know, right. it's just like, all right. Yeah. I love that guy, by the way, for everyone listening or watching, um, James Smith is amazing. I don't know what all his handles are. He's James Smith PT on Instagram. Yeah, it's, that's, that's it. Um, I don't know what his YouTube channel is, but dude is like always spot on. He's super funny, nicest dude ever. And uh, I always love the fact his videos, he's, he'll literally just sit in there eating the most sugary cereal ever <laughs> and giving nutritional advice. I just love how much he yeah. cusses. He does cuss and, and it's European or Australian, however you want to look at it. Right, which uh, makes it funnier, obviously. Cursing, so he's dropping words that we don't say here in, in the continental US <laughs> and it does make it funnier. Yeah. A, he is a good, good dude. He's a good dude. I know. We need to get him on the show. You think he'd come on here? I can hit him up. I think we should ask him. I, I haven't be, talked to him in a minute, but maybe he uh, he'd be down. He'd be he'd be fun to have on. Okay, I will reach out. You know all the influencers. I don't know anyone. For everyone listening, we I met James when uh, we were in Texas for Rogue, and you had him and Ryan Fisher, and who was the third guy? Coach ZT. Zach. Zach, Man. yeah, all three like amazing content producers, and you know, owning their own businesses, and you know, here I am over here making memes at fifty, like I don't know what to do with myself. Those are good dudes, I, though. So, yeah, yeah oh cool. yeah, I just pay, I pay people to be friends with me, so yeah, I mean, I pay them each thousand dollars to come hang out with me. Those are called hookers. <laughs> those are those are called hookers. Nope, none of those in Texas. No, not for me. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That's too funny. Um, 
I also wanted to, I want to talk a little bit about supplements tonight, not in light of everybody getting popped going to the CrossFit games, by the way, I want to talk about legal supplements. I haven't been following it, but dude, they're all getting popped. Every awesome. team, they had a couple, uh, elite athlete. One of the guys that qualified at, uh, Granite games got popped. Cool. They're just like hand over fist. I, I still like, I think it's a good thing for the sport, but I still will always kind of just, you know, like kind of raise my eyebrows until an A-lister gets popped. Well, the, this guy qualified out of a semi. Yeah. Top five at a semi, at a tough semi, I might add. So, yeah. I mean, but I'm with you. Like, you like know. no no big name has ever been popped, other than maybe Ricky, but he was already sort of edgy, anti. He was like the bad guy, but I don't know. Anyway. Um, I don't know about the topic to talk about. Uh, Ellie Cabord got popped and she's a sweetheart, by the way. I'm not picking on her, yeah. but you know, she was on team mayhem. Yeah. That's about as big as it gets really. But yeah, I'm with you. Like, you know, I think everyone's kind of waiting to see it's got to be somebody who's podium worthy. Maybe that's yeah. the best way to put it, but yeah. all that aside, which wasn't kind of the point of the topic. So sorry for getting this off. Uh, uh, but I just, you know, people keep asking me about supplements and I'm taking a few more recently, but I will say you talked me into getting creatine into my diet and I feel like it's yep. made a huge, huge plus for me. And what have you felt? Um, well, the thing I wasn't, I didn't really understand about it prior was like uh, brain health. Mm-hmm. So I do feel a little clearer if that makes sense hmm. since I have been taking it. Um I don't, you know, like I, I mentioned, I get really bad ADHD. So my brain fires differently and I feel like it hasn't been as crazy in the late <laughs> afternoons. So that's a plus. Um, I don't know. I just feel, I feel better lifting. Like, you know, I, I've certainly not been losing any strength and I'm not going to, you know, put all that on creatine's lap, but I certainly feel like it's helping whatever that's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started taking basically fish oil and B vitamins are the kind of the big three. So those three are what my doctor told me to start taking and vitamin D. Got So what was that? It was creatine, creatine, vitamin D, um, and fish oil, fish oil and B vitamins. Okay. That's the, the very generic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the other thing that I, ch- I've, I decided to change this. My last few workouts to see if it make a difference. Also based on our last conversation where you're giving up caffeine. And I want to hear more about that, by the way, see if you stuck to it. But, but I decided I'm like, all right, I'm going to not take my pre-workout prior to these late afternoon workouts. Cause yes. Hey, I want to sleep better and they've, it has caffeine in it. So I want to give up the caffeine Yep. and I just want to see, is there a difference in performance? And so tonight was one I was getting ready to leave and I like instinctively went for the bottle of, uh, amino energy and i'm like oh i can't take it you know so i left it and i had a bottle of water that's all i had was water mm-hmm. and no letdown and i felt no letdown in performance no letdown at the beginning of the workout like it's almost like this pre-workout has become a crutch yes you know there's a really interesting podcast that i listened to from andrew huberman uh, about dopamine if you just look up Andrew Huberman dopamine, I'm sure it'll pop up, but he just, he really talked about how it is important to not always do the same pattern of needing really high stimulants to work out because then what happens is like 
just to work out, you need to heavily stimulate yourself. And if you ever don't have it or, um, or you decide to quit it, you like lose all motivation for the actual thing that you're trying to do, which is exercise. So one of his things was like for better dopamine release from exercise is actually only very sparingly use stimulants to get yourself pumped up to exercise. Otherwise just exercise. And what you'll actually find is that you'll have a higher dopamine response. Uh, really interesting. I don't want to get into the science because I frankly don't understand all of it, but, uh, but yeah, it's really, really interesting. And I certainly, even if I do at some point go back on caffeine, I will absolutely be, be only using it maybe like a few times a week, like one or once or twice. Are you completely off? Yeah. So completely off is, is a bit relative. Um, (laughs) so it's been, I mean, let's see, I've gone like four days without it right now. Um, when I was traveling, basically like I've had a couple like really, really big work days where I've also had to do like 5am flights. And for me to kind of be at my peak performance and do it, I had to do a podcast. Um, I was like, caffeine is, is happening today, but for all the days where I get to sleep and can wake up at a decent, like for all, for all the days, like I'm training myself to say, no, you can't get caffeine in the morning. You just need to sleep. Like you need to sleep better at night. And what I found is like, I'm naturally like, well, <laughs> I better get to bed or else I'm going to hurt tomorrow morning. And I can't use that substance to like push me through it because essentially caffeine helps. Basically it, it shuts down your I'm tired receptors. Um, and you basically fake your body into thinking that it's not tired. Right. So it's been really tough. I like, I legitimately have noticed, like, I mean, like it's depressing. Like there are, there are times during the day where like, it's like, why do life? Um, it's, I was, I was going to ask how many days did it take you to get your will to live back? Cause I think mine would be gone dude, after day one. It's tough, man. I mean, even today, I mean, there's a period today where I'm just like, man, like, why do I, I just feel like I've lost all motivation to do anything. Um, but I realized like a lot of that's hinging on the fact that it's t- like, I used to rely on stimulants every single day to, to tell my brain that this was super important. So I'm really excited to f- like, at, it's going to take a couple more weeks. And luckily, like I don't have any super early mornings or any crazy flying or anything like that. So I should be able to go pretty much caffeine free um, for the next couple podcasts. And that's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see how I feel. But what was so interesting is that today I went to that 4 PM class and, you know, kind of going into, it, I'm like, Ooh, you know, it's, it's 4 PM. Like this is normally when I'm tanked, you know, like basically my, my adrenals are completely fatigued and I've already like had 600 milligrams caffeine earlier in the day. Right. And I'm just like, you know, a zombie, but 4 PM came around. I wasn't particularly feeling energized. I got to the gym I literally just had like a hydration mix, you know, like a liquid IV or something like that. I was sipping on that and like we started warming up, the music got going. And then like, by the time we hit the snatches, I was like, I felt more energized than I have in a really long time in a workout. And it was purely internal. It was like my body saying, all right, it's workout time. And it was giving me all that adrenaline and all that dopamine. And I was feeling great. So it's really, really cool to see that you know, my body can rise to the occasion without needing the stimulants. Um, so I'm excited to see if I can see how I feel tomorrow morning. I'm trying to cut back on caffeine afternoon. 
That's okay. Small of a pot. That's, that's, one, that's one step. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's a big step because yeah, it, it, this afternoon, it helps you get to sleep better, For sure. which, which is my goal, but I don't want to give it up in the mornings. It, it, like here's how you know caffeine's a real drug, man, like a real drug is I get happy making my coffee the night before. Do you ever have that moment where you go, you put the grinds in and the water, you're prepping it for tomorrow morning and just the smell of the coffee bean just makes you happy. Like yeah, you're lo- already looking forward to getting out of bed the next day and having your first cup of coffee. Like, yes, that's when you know you have a problem. Yeah. I mean, it, it's both good and bad. I mean, caffeine can definitely be used positively. Um, but I realized it, it had become negative. Like I needed, especially with cold brew. I mean, the density of caffeine and cold brew is like 250 milligrams per cup of cold brew. Um, so I was like, 400 to 600 milligrams a day of caffeine. Like that's a lot of caffeine. Oh, I'm really excited to see how my mental health improves. Like, you know, caffeine does potentially, you know, increase anxiety and jitteriness and lack of sleep. So I'm excited to see like, Hey, d- will my sleep improve? Will my like anxiety go down a little bit? Will I start paying attention better to my natural ebbs and flows of energy uh, but whew, it is tough. It has been challenging. 650 milligrams are, those are rookie numbers. You got to pump those numbers up, buddy. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I could, I probably had a, I probably had a day or two in there where I had over a gram, which wait is. Till, wait till Madison. Now that I know you're not drinking caffeine, I don't even drink cold brew. I'm going to start drinking it. Oh, just to annoy you. So on that note, when there's an event like that, everything's like I will be consuming like honestly I'm going off caffeine so that I can have maximum effectiveness during the games I will probably have caffeine during the games because I know how tiring it is but I need to be on when I'm when I'm meeting people when I'm taking your pictures with people you know I got to make sure that I frame everything right um I I probably so if you see me with a cold brew don't judge me I'm just trying to vibe for the games I'm gonna judge you hard I'm I'm going to be your enabler. I'm going to be getting you cold brews. <laughs> I'll be bouncing off the walls, man. I don't know if you, I'll be going crazy. Are, are you finding your mornings more productive since you're not drinking coffee? Mm. No. Yeah. See, now I'm out. There's no way I'm getting coffee. <laughs> My mornings not, aren't productive now. So. However, what's super interesting um, is that on that Huberman podcast, he also, he talked about like ice baths. Um, and cold exposure and stuff like that and how it can essentially give you the same effect but with extended dopamine release um so basically like you feel more happy for a longer period of time um and without the crash and without like lowering your baseline so i might actually play around with uh replacing my cup of cold brew with like some cold exposure in the morning hopping in a cold shower really quick to see if that like gets my system going and then see see how i'm feeling later that afternoon I'm going to replace caffeine with cocaine. Yeah. And he also mentions that in the podcast. So you can learn all about it. (laughs) Hey, let's take a question from Lance. Lance uh, says, all right. Okay, Ben. And then John goes in parentheses. Okay. Uh, Because he knows good and well, I can't answer this question. Just went from three times to five to six times a week at the gym. Plus I have a very physical job in the trades. I've developed pretty bad tendonitis in both my elbows, tennis elbows. Here, we'll give, here's the second part of the question. I've tried to take it easy the last two weeks, but there's only so much you can do. Any advice? Time off, continue to work through it with lighter weight, or and take it easy on my arms, question mark. So what do you think? Yeah, so if the kind of uh, elbow tendinopathy or elbow tendinitis 
flared up like kind of right when that volume increase happened it's kind of clear um or it it seems clear that it's a volume thing like basically you went from you went from 50 to 100 uh when maybe 50 to 75 would have been the right move you kind of ramped it up a little bit fast um you almost doubled your volume like if you went from 3x to 6x that's double the volume which is a lot of exercise especially if you're a masters athlete so the the thing i would say is toning down the volume i would suggest for the time being scaling back to that three times per week because you already have a manual job you can't stop working right scale back the crossfit um to to three times a week maybe even two times a week until it starts to feel better but then you have to really really do diligence in scaling it back up you can't immediately jump back to six times a week or five times a week. I would highly suggest managing your volume, especially if you're a master's athlete. Um, if you work, I just saw another comment you left a hundred hour work weeks. I mean, that's you're, you're, you're setting your body up for failure, unfortunately, right? More is not more. Um, especially as a master's athlete, you need to be prioritizing sleep. You need to be prioritizing, obviously, you know, recovery, like nutrition and taking rest days, things like that. Um, and then if you have a super high volume job, like if you're a laborer, you have to take that into account. So maybe three times a week was the sweet spot for you. And rather than scaling up to five or six CrossFit classes per week, you could like add in some accessory programming. Like that's actually why we have um, at Wad Prep, we have like an accessory track that we're about to release where it's literally like nine bucks a month and you can get accessory programming for different skills. And you could like hop on something like that. And it's just going to give you like, or, or go to your affiliate and talk to your affiliate and be like, Hey, I, 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 I realize I want to do more and learn more, but scaling to five times per week is absolutely crushing me. Um, so that's what I would say is, is find a happy medium. You probably need to scale back your volume, especially like, yeah, if your elbows are flared up right now, guess what? You probably shouldn't go to the gym and work out really hard tomorrow. You should probably scale back because the longer you kind of, like if I have an injury on my elbow and then I take a hammer and I just beat it, right? <laughs> the odds of it improving are, are not very high. So I would tone it back a little bit, try to go back to your original volume. And then once you feel better, slowly scale it up. Don't jump into that six days per week. Yeah, I would. Um, I think it's great advice. Definitely fewer days is always a good thing. I think in this theory of scale and bail or like kind of the, what we do here. Um, I would also look at, um, are there movements you should be substituting or scaling? So if you're, so if you're going to go in, you know, and it's your elbows that are a problem, some examples would be you can't snatch, but you can clean and jerk. So yeah. be talking to your coaches about like, what are your limited range of motions? Like I often hear people go, I can't squat. And you're like, well, can you sit on the toilet? Well, yeah. Well then, yeah, you can squat. You just yep. can't squat heavy weight. <laughs> and this yep. might be the same thing of like, all right, you can't take heavy weight overhead. Maybe you just need to simply lower the weight, or maybe you need to go to a PVC pipe, or maybe you need to change the movement, but keep the stimulus of the workout. And those are all things to talk to a coach about, uh, you know, for anyone, not just Lance, don't just go in and start changing the movements and say, well, he told me to, because <laughs> that would not be good. Yeah, wow. I would I would maybe try to notice what are some movement patterns that seem to potentially flare it up more than others. 
And then those are the ones that you'd want to modify. Maybe not avoid entirely, but just scale down a little bit. Like perhaps you did a ton of heavy hang power cleans and you did a ton of kipping pull-ups. Like those, I remember back in my day when I used to get hot elbows is what I called it. Um, you know, basically those, those hang barbell movements often seem to be correlated with it or high volume pull-ups, stuff like that. Basically that, that pulling motion with the forearms really can light it up sometimes. At least that was my experience. So that is maybe where you need to scale it back or even like skip a couple of those days and prioritize things that don't flare it up. And again, rely on your coaches, let them know that there's something there. Um, And if they tell you to take a lacrosse ball and jam it in for an hour and a half, then, then find different coaches. (laughs) I, uh, when I, my, I'd hurt, uh, tore my bicep tendon once and it felt like a shoulder injury, you know, just hurt like hell. And, uh, I couldn't snatch, like I couldn't get my arm out to where it needed to be. I couldn't flare out, out my armpit, you know, just hurt, but I could clean and jerk. I could go straight up with a barbell. Yeah. I just couldn't have my arm at any kind of an angle, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was an example of like any time a movement came up that required that. I also, for the record, couldn't use a dumbbell on that one side because I'm not really good at, you know, getting it straight up. It's so, you know, it's so unstable. It would just move out to the side. So there were two or three movements like that. I would just every single time would have to sub and I would just go to the coach at the beginning. You know, I, I sat down with the coach and said, here's my problem. And then, you know, moving forward, you know, it was easy to go to them before the workout and say, Hey, I've got to sub this, you know, what do you recommend? Mm-hmm. That's my only other advice. I t- would tell everyone this, don't tell the coach you're doing something, say, what would you recommend? Give them the courtesy of letting them give you some choices. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Those guys are working hard, but anyway, so good stuff. Hope you feel better. Lance I'll keep Lance is uh, part of our gym. So I see his name on the leaderboard all the time. Nice. Yeah. Keep us posted with how it goes and looking forward to hearing if it, if it improves, but again, prioritize that recovery. It's so important. Yep. All right, Ben, we're kind of button up against time. Can you believe it? Fast hour, fast hour. We got, had some great engagement, some uh, great questions. Loved all the people tuning in from Facebook and also want to give a special shout out to um, Corey. Thank you so much. Uh, said that one of his coaches is 55 and loves our master's programming. Oh, that's, that's great. great. Um, and then also Jessica said, wad prep is fantastic. It makes wad, make wads great again, makes me laugh every day. So thanks guys. Love it. Love it. Love it. Very nice. Well, we'll have a few more of these between now and the games, and then we'll be together at the games. Although I don't think we're podcasting there. We're probably just going to be eating burgers and drinking. I feel like we could we could probably do a podcast. Remember how awesome the audio was when we did it in Waterloo? We really was. We really was. We can do it. <laughs> I know it's only three margaritas in. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll figure something out one way or another. Oh, anyway, we got we got a few weeks. We probably should do some sort of secret handshake for true listeners. They need to know like some sort of secret handshake, and we'll do some sort of giveaway. We'll have All to right. plan that in future episodes and and okay. share what the secret handshake going to be next week we'll share a secret handshake we'll figure that out yeah all right i like it <laughs> cool dude good seeing you fun talk as always for everyone that uh, had a chance to tune in appreciate you guys joining and uh, we'll chat with you guys next week